Hello and welcome to another episode of the Jeep and Bubba podcast. As promised, we're doing an interview series and I have with me today David Salisha. I'm practicing the last name. I don't know if I got it right, but he is the marketing guru and customer relations all around pretty much the CMO at CAFAB Motorsports. Um, these guys make American-made bumpers and armor and steering and um, they're fastly becoming the you know the quickest growing and most innovative in the industry um, they're in north north Georgia basically Tennessee and um, yeah they're pretty much my closest manufacturer for pretty much badass Jeep parts um, so say hey David hey guys what's going on this is Dave if his name sounds familiar to you, if you've ever been on a forum, a Facebook page, any type of social media, and you've happened to mention CavFab, he will ninja his way in there. I mean, if you're on Tinder talking about CavFab, he's going to answer a question for you. I feel like <laughs> he must be on his phone 24-7. Yeah, I... <laughs> Seems like I have to charge my phone three or four times a day. But <laughs> yeah, no, I mean seriously, um, that's a that's a tough it's a tough gig, um, especially like there's whole companies now hiring like community management, and that's basically a big thing now. When someone asks a question on a Facebook page, and someone answers it, that's they don't even have the product, right? Like half the time, the people are answering are like, "Well, I heard." Cav Fab's out of stock. Meanwhile, you guys have it in stock and it's ready to ship. You know, it can become frustrating. Yeah, um, and I mean, it's one of the headaches that you're going to deal with when, especially when you're selling something that's popular or a lot of people have bought from you and then, you know, somebody may not have the best experience and word spreads and then, you know, people just assume this or assume that um, when it may not be the case, um, which everyone, I'm sure everyone in the industry deals with that. I see other, other guys that, or in similar roles that have the same problem. Uh, so when I when we first started this whole ordeal, um, that was one of my biggest things was being as active as possible online. Um, just because when I'm even before we started this, when I was buying products from other people, that's kind of what I look for: somebody that was actually engaged in more of like a public fashion. Um, so again, just made myself as available as possible. Um, <laughs> Probably spent way too much time on my phone, on Facebook, Instagram, uh, answering emails, answering phone calls. Uh, but for 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 a company that's starting out, um, it's a feast or famine world. And uh, in my opinion, that's really the way that it, you have to handle it. You kind of have to spam your product out there, um, you know, and uh, just be as appealing as possible and be personable is, is another big thing. Sure. I mean, when you're building a brand, the best way to do it is by building a community. People who like your product, like you, like what you stand for. Um, I think one of my favorite things about it is that uh, everyone that works there is young. Like, you know, fairly young versus people that have been in it for a long, long time. It's kind of like we know that the stuff that's being built is modern and not the same thing we've seen since the 90s. Um, but I definitely get what you're talking about. What do you think is the right solution when you get like a, a naysayer or a negative comment? Like, let's just say, for instance, on Facebook, do you delete, do you ignore, or do you combat? 
Uh, so usually we kind of, I kind of feel it out. Um, if we get somebody that says, Hey, you know, I bought something from you guys, um, whether it's on our page or it's, you know, on a, on a public group or something. And they're like, you know, they're either trashing us or like, Hey, you know, my product took this long to ship or my product, you know, was missing this. Or if there's, if there's something negative, usually the first thing I do is just do my research before I just dive in. Um, yeah. I'll usually, you know, search their order, see if, if they're complaining about shipping times, how long it actually took. You'd be, <laughs> I, you'd be amazed that, uh, I wish I had an album of all of the people that have said, you know, Hey, my stuff took, you know, five weeks or whatever it may be to ship out and you pull up their order and it shipped in, you know, a week and a half. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I kind of blame, you know, Amazon. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of people that you can blame for that. People are, are impatient. I'm guilty of that myself. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and I've seen other companies and this is, I'm not going to call anyone out, but I've seen other companies that just go straight in and basically dookie on someone, even if they're at fault. Oh, um, yeah. You know, the, the common uh, phrase is the customer is always right, which that is a good phrase to go by. Um, but in a lot of cases, there's a lot of misinformation that can get spread just because um, either someone's impatient or they weren't, you know, they didn't do their research and didn't know exactly what they were buying. Uh, but again, I try to be as helpful as possible. Um, there's honestly, there's just some people you can't please. Um, that's just part of, that's just part of it. Amen. We've, we've got, uh, <laughs> we've got probably, Oh, I can tell you the exact number, but I would just guesstimate 10,000 different customers over the last you know half decade sure and um like i said there's always going to be some some bad apples in there um that's just to be expected sure i mean my my experience in the industry was you would hear from the one percent that had a negative experience but like the 70 and 80 percent they bought the product you never heard from them again they enjoyed it they used it for years and years and years and actually recommends it you know to other people and then um, then there's, you know, maybe 10% that are actually cheerleaders and I'll take up for you on the websites, but that 1% sure does stir up a ruckus. And, you know, I, me personally, I typically combat it just because I like to argue, but you know, it's doing your research is having, you know, having the tools to, to go back at them and be like, you know, it actually was only three days or five days or whatever. And yeah, Amazon's kind of ruined it for everybody but um but we'll move on from that so what do you think kind of with everything going on in the world that we're sort of headed in the off-road market and it, it doesn't have to be jeep specific um you know one thing we're seeing trend right now is overlanding um obviously ford just came in with the bronco uh you yourself just got a toyota so what are you seeing? Um, what do you think we don't you know, kind of see in the next? I mean, especially with SEMA not coming happening this year. Like, what do you think we're going to see in the trends? Maybe the next six months. Ooh, that's a tough one. And I, I was hoping you weren't going to. I was hoping you weren't going to out me for buying a Tacoma. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I am Jeep but I love Tacomas. Yeah, so I can convert honest. to Taco Bubba, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, honestly, in the last, you know, we've, so we've been doing this for, um, officially for five, six years. Um, we kind of, you know, we're behind the scenes and weren't really official, um, for a period of time, but for the last five years, and I've kind of been in the industry, I actually worked for another, um, small off-road shop, um, prior to us starting CavFab. Mm-hmm. Honestly, in the last, in the last decade or so, um, I haven't really seen a ton of, 
I don't want to say a ton of innovation because there obviously there has been a lot of you know new stuff that's came out that hadn't hadn't been seen before. Sure. But I think really the biggest thing is just refinement of what's out there, and that was one of the biggest things that I wanted to do when we started this up was you know hey there's a lot of really nice stuff on the market already in this. We're going back to 2014, 2015. But there was a lot of things that I would say, hey, you know, this product's really nice, but I wish it it was like this, or they should make it this way, or they should tweak this or that. Um, so I think the biggest thing was um, just kind of listening to what customers were saying about products that were on the market and designing and kind of adapting our products to what the customers thought they needed or what they actually did need. Um as far as, you know, looking towards the future in the next six months, and I really don't know, um, the Bronco, I think, is going to be massive. I think that, you know, you've got your people that are, you know, diehard fans that you mentioned a Bronco and they block you on Facebook or whatever, or they, you know, cuss out your mom. <laughs> um, and then you've got people like me, you know, I've I've owned Jeeps since uh, since I graduated high school. I bought, a, I bought an 88 Cherokee in 2009. Mm-hmm. Um and I've owned, I think, 14 or 15 Cherokees, a couple of TJs, a couple of YJs. I've had a WJ, the JK. Um, but for me, it was, I'm always kind of looking for something a little more practical um, that makes sense for how I live my life. The JK was a big step up from like a Cherokee or a TJ just because I had a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a new vehicle and it was, you know, it actually had air conditioning, which most of the Cherokees didn't <laughs> work in air conditioning. Yes. Uh, <laughs> And then, you know, we built the house and, um, I can't tell you how many times I needed a truck and I've always been interested in Tacomas. I've always kind of wanted one. Um, but again, I was kind of in that diehard Jeep mode and um, I was like, man, you know, it's like, it's like moving to the dark side. Um, yeah, guys, as far as, uh, as far as my JK goes, you know, I, I put a lot of work into it and we used it as kind of a product showcase for our JK line of, of stuff. And, uh, uh, just kind of came to an end for me. I I was uh, really just joking around on Facebook, and this dude hit me up, and uh, I was like, "Hey man, what do you want for Jeep?" And we kind of went back and forth. But you know, long story short, I sold it and found this Tacoma, which again for me for my lifestyle, I've got two kids now, um, and at the time I was driving quite a ways to work, which now I'm I'm working from home with all the stuff going on. But um, having a truck and being able to you know haul stuff when I need it or um, and whatnot, it was it, for me it was a more practical thing, but. Kind of going back to my point, I think the Bronco is, is going to be big. I think there's a lot of the naysayers that will probably, you know, dump their JK or their JL and move over. Um, but I, I think the aftermarket, I say, you know, obviously it takes some time to stand products up and get them designed and developed. But I say give it a give it a year, and I think the the Bronco market will be up there with the Tacoma market, and it'll it'll come close to the Jeep market. Yeah, I mean, if we look at the current Jeep owners, um we like to think that the majority of them go off-roading, but that's not the truth. The majority of them are soccer moms. The majority of them are daily drivers that may never get modified. And the comforts and the styling of the Bronco are going to appeal to those people, the IFS. It's just they don't care about the straight axle like the diehard Jeep people do. Now, I think the market that's really going to hurt is the Forerunner because they're really needing an upgrade of some sort. Um to me, in styling, especially in the interior, the Bronco's just going to blow them out of the water in that category for sure. Um, but, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of new trends. I, one thing we've been talking a lot about, and I just bought a JL, is 
doing we're going to build it as an overland rig and and like you were mentioning you just had it by the way congratulations on a second kid uh, i have a second kid he's seven months old and we're looking at you know going camping fishing i go hunting and i'm i have an lj and it's just the worst vehicle possible to take a family in but the jl is a lot more comfortable um my my parents live in florida so we can hop in it and go down and see the family on on 35s 37s and it's actually comfortable you know the new mechanics of it actually get somewhat decent gas mileage for driving a refrigerator but um what do you think about the term or like the industry of overlanding and maybe how that would even you know play into what um cat fab has been doing i mean you know a lot of these guys are extremists that are like full-on bushcraft but some of them are just like normal dudes that want to go car camping but they want to kind of you know put the armor on the vehicle kind of build it up to do some kind of trails you know they're not sure what they want to do yet yeah um i I honestly haven't really been too involved um in the overlanding scene but um you know obviously once you join tacoma forums i mean that's kind (laughs) of the that's kind of the only thing that you see is um is people you know throwing rooftop tents on that's an amazing point though that toyota guys are still sticking to their forums because jeep has made the crossover to facebook yeah absolutely (laughs) um from a personal standpoint though i mean the whole overlanding thing is to me is appealing um because like you said i mean with especially with with kids it's you know there's obviously safety concerns regardless but um, there's only so much that you can do rock rolling with, you know, a small child, obviously once they grow up, you know, it's kind of opens up more potential to do harder obstacles and whatnot. (laughs) But um, the other thing too is, is, you know, when, when I had my Cherokees and stuff and we would go wheeling frequently before kids, you know, my wife was not the biggest fan of sitting in the Jeep, you know, bounce, especially on leaf springs and Cherokee bounce around for, you know, eight, 12 hours a day and then driving home with no AC. Yep. Um, so the overlanding thing, I mean, it's it is cool. Um, you know, being it's, able to especially to with basically, COVID going on it, right now, like a lot of yeah. people aren't able to camp like in state parks or you know the normal pay camp spots. So now people are kind of having to get out into these um, dispersed campings that are going to take four wheel drive in some cases. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think and, I mean just the trend we can see for sure getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, I mean just just the 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 whole perspective of being essentially self-sufficient with just, you know, you and your vehicle. Um, that's kind of cool. Um, you know, we've, uh, we've actually talked about some type, some type of sister company to CAFAB that's more geared towards, um, some more universal parts, but stuff like bed racks, the, the Ranger aftermarket is starting to pick up. Oh yeah. For sure. Um, and I know, I know a lot of those guys, you know, there's a lot of, overlanding talk that's happening in the ranger scene and obviously the toyota scene yeah even the canyons um, and the colorados are starting to gain some followers in that area so yeah yeah um yeah it's funny i actually looked at, at buying a ranger before the tacoma and um, the deal just kind of went south and that's how i ended yeah, up with yeah. the tacoma but um i managed to join a couple of ranger facebooks prior to to get the tacoma and it's kind of hung around and um, it's crazy. I mean, those are those are actually really nice trucks too, and I, I think that the the Ranger is every bit as capable and will be every bit as popular as as the Tacoma. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that what we are seeing right now is um, in the market that there is some going to be some sort of off-road war, like Toyota versus Ford versus um, Jeep, Chevy. They might wake up at some point and and get involved, but um, I know they have the Colorado, but like the Blazer's not going to cut it. <laughs> no, um, people, are, people are not happy with the Blazer. <laughs> but uh, I'm hoping that's it. Like we had the horsepower wars, you know, in the mid 2000s and and um, and in the 90s as well. I'm hoping we're having a four by four war, which could mean, you know potential of a lot more innovations happening from the factory um, on off-road vehicles and i'm glad we no longer have to discuss the bronco what it's going to look like when it comes out because i felt like it took them years and years before they released that so glad that's out kind of switching things up you've owned a bunch of jeeps what do you think you know so a lot of people listen to my podcast and, and watch the youtube channel they're new to jeeps what do you think first modification i mean Right off the bat, say you got four or five hundred bucks. What do you think that somebody should purchase? Oh man, um, for me, um, if we're talking about just you know what to spend your money on right off the bat, make sure, that, in my opinion, making sure the vehicle is sound. Um, yeah. Even if you know you you, know, you bought it secondhand or whatever, and you know you were told all the fluids are fresh, all the filters are good, um, you know, just make sure the vehicle is is in good shape. Um, cause obviously that'll pay dividends down the road. Um, as far as aftermarket uh, parts and, and whatnot go, uh, really the question that we always um, ask people when, you know, they're asking questions about our product is what is your intention for the vehicle? You know, what do you plan on doing? What do you want to do with it? Are you doing it because you want to, want it to perform this way or are you doing it just to make it look a certain way? Yeah. Um, so I think that really, you know, understanding what you want to do with the vehicle or what you want it to look like is probably the first thing that you should ask. And then usually the answer is pretty clear after that. You know, people buy wheels, um, which obviously $500 wheels is kind of hard to come by. But yeah. wheels, tires, um, creature comforts, that's a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first thing I did when I bought uh, the Tacoma was spent 800 bucks on a set of PRP seat covers just because I've got kids <laughs> and they spill nice, stuff yeah. in the back seat. So yeah. I wanted some nice seat covers, um, makes the interior look a little bit nicer. Um, you know, new head unit with CarPlay or uh, Android Auto, whatever it may be. Creature mm-hmm. comforts for me are, are important just because I was spending a lot of time driving the vehicle. Yep. And, you know, regardless if it looks badass or whatever, um, if it feels like you're, you know, inside of a Pinta, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're not going to be happy when you're driving it, you know, eight hours to, to wherever you're going. Yeah, I think that's solid advice. Um, I, it pretty much follows what I tell people all the time. It's like, go drive it, make sure, like, everything's sound, um, and then decide, like, what you're actually going to do with it. And a lot of times people don't know what they're going to do with it, but they, they've seen pictures on Instagram or they, their friend has a Jeep and they have these wheels and then... They get these 18-inch wheels and they realize there's not that many tires that exist for them. So they wish they'd have gone with a 17 or whatever. But um, I always tell people, if you buy a Jeep, the first thing you should purchase is headlights because they've never made a set of headlights that were worth a flip. But uh, um, I'm sure Toyota does a little bit better job in that in that area. They don't. Man, they're terrible. <laughs> I don't well, know what it, what it takes to buy a vehicle that, that doesn't have garbage headlights from the factory. But the JL LEDs seem nice. Yeah, they're nice. Yep, that's and I'm I'm happy that they finally came out with something 
along that lines. Um, I'm sure Ford will have some beautiful projectors of some sort uh, when when they bring the Bronco out. But yeah, that's some that's some solid stuff. Um, what do you think if you're in the and I know this is a hard question now because the market is I'll give you a little bit more money to spend. I would say like the under $3,000 market, but let's say under $5,000 market. Uh, would you say a Cherokee is still like the best buy or would you would you switch it up and go somewhere else right now? Maybe Samurai, maybe steal a Toyota of some sort from somebody? Yeah, I would say um, the, the, the Cherokee, the XJ market is evolved a lot um you can still find some cherries for you know between two and four grand just kind of depending on your location Mm -hmm. um cherokees man i i just i i've been through so many of them and i i mean that's where we started was we started building cherokee parts because that's all i had um they're hard to beat the 4.0 even i mean hell even the 2.5 um they're just stupid reliable they're relatively cheap the the cost on them has kind of gone up um which i kind of expected you know people for the last you know 20 years people have gotten them beat the piss out of them yeah sent them to be become you know harbor freight wrenches and then bought another one for 500 bucks and done it over (laughs) again yeah um but honestly second if you can't find a cherokee um, not as reliable, but the WJ, I, I had one, um, and I got kind of got a lemon. They, the transmission that I had was, I guess, the 42RE. Yep. Um, that was behind the 4.0. Mm-hmm. Transmission, I had problems nonstop, but they're more comfortable than a Cherokee. Um, they're a little larger. Um, they do have some quirks. Um, you know, the 4.7 isn't as reliable as the 4.0, but it's got a better trans, and the 4.0 is reliable, but it comes with kind of a crappy trans. But if you can find one, you know, that's a lot of them are still out there. They're, you know, grandma owned or grandpa owned them. And, yeah, um, I'm following that trend. There's one in my um, driveway right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can you can get like a, a decent, you know, even they, then they've got the Overland trim, you know, heated seats, yeah. you know, nice, yeah, nice steering wheel with wood grain. in mine, it's great. I'm, and I mean, you can get them for like two grand. Yep. Um, and again, you know, if, if you've got four or five grand to, to drop, you know, Maybe take that and extra yeah, two grand or whatever, and so. yeah, maybe take that extra two or two or three grand that you save, you know, buying a WJ if you can't find a cheap enough XJ, and yep. um, you know, just use it to go through the vehicle and make sure everything's in good shape. When you drive an XJ, it gives you some confidence. It feels stiff. It feels like, in a way, you're driving like a Coke can. It just feels light and nimble. But the WJ has got some comfort to it. Um, we were riding trails in it. I just got done building this one. We're about to put it up for sale. And I, I was looking for a Cherokee to build, and I couldn't find any cheap. And the seats are so comfortable. I'm not even sure the suspension is good or not, but the seats are like riding on a lazy boy. And it's, really, it's phenomenal. So that's a good, that's a good tip. Well, I don't want to take any more of your time. I do appreciate you being on here. Is there anything you like listeners to hear? Where can they find uh, Cav Fab on social and that kind of thing? Yeah. Um, so we've got, obviously, Instagram, Facebook. Um, our Instagram is uh, at Cav Fab, C-A-V-F-A-B underscore 4x4, so 4x4. Um, and then just Facebook, uh, we're just Cav Fab there. Um, website's CavFab.com. Um, if you have questions about our stuff, um, you can reach out to us over the phone. Our, our phone number is posted everywhere. 
Um, if you call, there's a 100% chance you'll talk to me. Uh, <laughs> if you email us, um, 100% chance you'll get a reply from me. I handle all of the you know customer inquiries and product questions. And if you call call an order in over the phone, um, again, you'll talk to me. Um, yeah. Um, if, if anyone has any questions about our stuff, uh, that's, that's our biggest thing is reach out. We were really big on uh, customer education was a big thing for us. Um, a lot of people, like you said, just kind of buy what their buddy had, but they may or may not need it. And um, even if, you know, we're underselling ourselves, it's it's more important to us to actually give the customer what they need versus, you know, what they think they need. So we're happy to, you know, talk through a build and help you spec out a build or whatever um, just to make sure that you get the right stuff. For sure. Well, you guys build, if you're looking at, like, the bumpers themselves, they're modern. They're good-looking bumpers. They're pretty much always cheaper than any American bumper I see on the market. Um, and I mean more cost-effective, not cheaper. Um, and so they're competing with the kind of bottom-dollar bumpers in the price point, but the quality point is right there with that top price point um, piece of armor. The steering you're not going to find a better price set of steering with as beefy as it is the the diff cover same way it's just you're getting a high high quality product um and i think that's because they're just a smaller group putting in a ridiculous amount of hours and passion into this and uh, so i would suggest if you're considering getting any kind of bumpers armor steering buy it now because in five or six years from now these guys will have passed um, poison spider and you're just not going to be able to buy it for the same price so buy it now check them out cabfab.com david thank you for your time um as always folks this was brought to you by tiffany kill designs black bear off road don't forget to eat your prunes and we'll be seeing you